0: The Bavada at Odds Podcast.
1: My name is Seth Everett. I'm joined by the head odds maker at Bavada, Patrick Morrow, as we break down the latest odds in all the major sports. NFL week to week as the playoffs are upon us, we'll break down the latest odds plus the futures. It's the Bavada at odds podcast. Find it wherever you get your podcast. Sports MLB Show. Here are your hosts, the luckiest men on the face of the earth, Chase Pedorski and Bryce Holden. Welcome to episode 180 of the Underdog Sports Baseball Show with Bryce Holden. My name is Chase Podorski.
0: Chase, we're, we're your girl. We're Dua Lipa.
1: We did a full 180. Uh Is that a Dua Lipa song? Yeah,
0: doopy loopy. She says as a
1: beautiful one. Angry. That that reference just went whoosh right over my head.
0: Right before we started, Chase's Chase's last words were I have brain capacity.
1: I do have brain. Well, you know, it was one of those weekends where I haven't had brain capacity for a couple days. Uh but before we get into that, I have to wish a very happy birthday. Uh to the number one lady in my life. It's not Lady Liberty. It is my mother, Elisa. Uh my mom turned Turns 55 today, depending on who you ask, that number could range from 49 to 53, Uh, but we're going with the real number 55, so happy birthday, mom, love you, thank you for everything, Uh, and yeah, the brain capacity is low, Bryce and I, as we mentioned last week, 100th reunion at Camp Scatical, it was a blowout for the ages, an entire weekend of fun. My voice isn't still all the way back, and instead of recovering like a normal person Sunday, I was the schmuck who went to a Pearl Jam concert, uh, rocked my face off, and yesterday morning was rough, but today is Tuesday, it is a new day, uh, and we're here to talk baseball with you all this week.
0: Tuesday's here. The antithesis of a Skinner song.
1: I was going to say, and soon it'll be gone with the wind, so we will jump Right into this week's news. We will start with our Bovada sportsbook.com picks of the week. Uh Let's go right off the bat. First game I see here, Rays versus Blue Jays. The Blue Jays actually hopped the Rays for second place in the AL East now. Uh Five and a half games back behind the Yanks. Jeffrey Springs for the Rays. Alec Manoa uh, in town pitching for the Blue Jays. I don't know why I said in town. He plays for the Blue Jays. Uh Plus one and a half, minus 156. And also plus, in province, Jason. In province. Plus 136 for the Rays. Minus one and a half, plus 130, minus 162 for the Blue Jays. I'm actually going to bob when I should weave here. I'm going to go Springs plus 136. I love Manoa, but I don't know. This just seems like one of those random 108 games that Tampa wins, despite the fact that one of the best pitchers in baseball is on the map for Toronto.
0: He just made my argument. I'll take the Blue Jays because, as you just called him, one of the best pitchers in baseball is on that. And, again, yeah. I don't know what's – I'm sure we'll talk about in Players of the Week – there's something happening with
1: Bobichet right now. I, you know what happened? It's because I traded him a couple weeks ago. That's what happened. Oh, that makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, and, and another interesting note right now. I don't know where the tiebreakers fall, but right now Seattle and Toronto are tied for the first wild card. Um, so there's a good chance that what could come into play is Toronto hosting that first round series. And boil, boil boy, might there be a lot of uh, angry pro-vaccination advocates, uh, which we should all be, to be honest, if one of their players yeah. miss a playoff series in Toronto. Uh, but more on that to come. Second game we are going to pick this week. I mean, do we want to just pick a laugher? Like, I'm looking at this, the money line spread of one of this game, and it's comical. Yeah,
0: because well, I'm not even sure which game we're talking about. Usually when you see these laughable spreads, Sprinkle something on the dog. So, but without even knowing the teams, my pick is the dog.
1: Cubs plus one and a half, plus one forty, plus three thirty with Adrian Sampson on the mound at City Field with the Grom on minus one and a half, minus one seventy. Mets money line minus four twenty. Blaze it! That is insane. I would take the Mets here. He, I,
0: there's a like fun gambling quirks like huge dogs hitting are fun, but betting against the Grom at home. With that, I'm not quite I I to be I unfortunately for Adrian Samson, I won't forget him going forward, but I, I'm i not quite sure who this gentleman
1: is. All right, you want to pick a real game for the third one?
0: This is a good yeah. this is a
1: good this is a good matchup playoff teams, good pitching matchup too on the West Coast. Uh Padres visiting the Mariners, Darvish on the mound for the Padres, Logan Gilbert for the Mariners, minus one and a half plus one fifty-eight, minus one oh four Padres. Plus one and a half, minus 192, minus 112 for the Mariners. I'm actually going to go over seven and a half here, plus 100.
0: I like that. I like the over there. But I kind of fall in traps at this point of the season where I'm just betting on the teams I like more. And I think Seattle actually had a really good series against the Braves. Uh, So I feel like they're due for some
1: sort of regression. Give me San Diego. Moving on to the standings. AL East, as I said, Toronto now in second. Yanks, 85 and 56, five and a half up on the Blue Jays. Uh, Tampa, six games back, 78 and 61. You mentioned it to me yesterday. I don't think Baltimore's making the playoffs, but it's 73 and 67. They just need to play 500 ball to finish above 500. That should get Brandon Hyde, manager of the year. Uh, and as you said in our living room yesterday, even if they win 73 to 75 games, don't win again the rest of the year. This is still a wildly successful year relative to expectations for the Orioles. Yeah, I mean, they were
0: over-under. was They were expected to have 100 losses.
1: Yep, and they've already blown through that. Uh, interesting week for the Yanks. I mean, we took three and four against Toronto, or against uh, the Twins. Uh, the city of Minnesota, I, I know they're lovely people, and that's mostly from my depiction of Marshall Erickson and how I met your mother. And my freshman year roommate in college, Yossi, he was from Minnesota. He was out of his mind, but was very kind at heart. They just must fucking hate the Yankees, man. I mean, this is like the Yankees and Twins relationship. I mean, we took three or four against them this week, then took two or three against the Rays. So one of the better weeks the Yankees have had in a while. The Yankees and Twins relationship is that of an older brother just pummeling and beating the absolute shit out of their younger brother over and over and over again. And even when you think the younger brother is going get to a, get a punch in and the Bovada odds are in the favor of the Twins, live well, bet the Yankees every time. They are going to win. The Twins are going to find a way to break hearts.
0: I'll get some advice for Twins fans. Drink. Stop watching baseball. (laughs) Buy your Justin Jefferson jerseys and
1: enjoy every Vikings game uh, as long as he's there. Or also buy, I mean, for what it's worth, buy your Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, or Anthony Edwards jerseys.
0: Oh, Chase, Chase. Do not buy an Anthony Edwards jersey. Anthony Edwards is...
1: uh, and the advertising growing up to do. Aren't the Minnesota Lynx pretty good too?
0: Their run kind of uh, plateaued ever since Maya Moore devoted her life to social justice, as opposed to WNBA.
1: But they're still a well-run
0: organization.
1: Yeah, that was a very strange story. But Google that. Oh, on cool. The- if you
0: watch the, if you want some feel-good content, watch the uh, ESPN. Um, that's like a documentary. I don't know if it's technically a documentary, it plays like a documentary on Maya Moore and her now husband, the uh, wrongfully imprisoned gentleman
1: whose name escapes me. At the moment. Shows how much paid attention. AL Central Guardian seventy four and sixty five three up on the White Sox. Twins, I, I, it's amazing. I mean, this team. We use the expression they didn't go for the jugular. Well, now they're below five hundred sixty nine and seventy. Royals, Tigers riding out of the division there. Uh, for the White Sox, La Russa still hasn't managed. All they've done is win. It's interesting, you know, Tony got a pacemaker installed in his heart. He's, I believe, 78 years old now. Return to the team is not exactly scheduled. He was with the team Sunday in Oakland for Dave Stewart, his former ace, his number retirement. I I just, again, I think if you're Jerry Reinstorf, you don't rush Larusa back. I think this is a very organic way to do the split that most White Sox fans and baseball fans have been clamoring for because they've done a lot of winning with Miguel Cairo.
0: There's a part of me that thinks that Larusa doesn't want to come back. This is just, I mean, for an above 500 team that's still very much alive in the division, it just hasn't looked like they're having a lot of, they don't look like they're having fun. And but that's, as I was watching a lot of sports this weekend, or I guess Sunday, I think it's kind of glossed over from typical analysis. You, the teams that have fun, or just look like they're having fun, tend to win more. And you watch the, for all these football games on Sunday in particular. You can see it. You see it in the baseball club. Acid. The guys are having fun and enjoy being there. They're just going to play better and win. It's very simple, but it's a really important part of it. And with La Russa in charge, that White Sox team is not having
1: I was reading an article in The Athletic f- f- about the Guardians and Terry Francona was realistic and he said, look, I'm not sure if I'm going to manage next year. This could be it. Um, if that's the case, and we'll need to do some deep research on this, this will be something we'll update next week. Do you think this would be the first time in baseball history if La Russa also steps away that one division had two Hall of Fame managers leave their teams in one calendar year? Has to be yes. No,
0: I, mean, I forgot who he's the
1: first one was. Terry and Larusa. Larusa was already in. Terry. Terry. Terry's not in the Hall of Fame. Terry will be in the Hall. Of Fame. On?
0: <laughs> if Terry's not in the Hall of Fame, then we need a new Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, we got problems. Al West. No, well, because when Cox, Tori, and Larusa retired, that was what I was thinking. They, they were all. all it was Tory was in. I guess what it was NL, it was in? NL East, Central, and West. All right, so if we expand to one league, there's your answer. We can be more nuanced on that. Yeah, we'll do some research. AL West, Astros, 91-50, 11 games up on the Mariners, Angels, Ra- uh, Rangers, A's. I got the division there. AL wild card right now. The Mariners and Blue Jays tied. Um, Rays have the second wild card. Orioles five and a half back. This isn't all like, looking like you're set Playoff field, only question is who's going to win the AL Central uh, and how many wins they have. I think it's going to be at most 84. Should be interesting there. Uh, NL East, last week the Braves caught the Mets. Uh, but the Braves lost a little bit over the weekend, also dropped onto the Giants last night. So Mets, 89-53, to one and a half up on the Braves. Phillies, 10 games back. Marlins, Nats, riding out the division there. This Mets-Braves seesaw is going to be really, really fun. Um, I just, at the end of the day, if Scherzer's on the injured list, Bassett got roughed up a little bit last night. I just wonder if the Mets pitching can do just enough to hold on.
0: Yeah. Atlanta's really good. But the Mets I if I have to take a team today. Last week I said the Braves. This week I'll take the Mets.
1: So I have I all that I say, I don't have a strong opinion among them. So my my, Bet my Bovada lock of the year. Every year used to be Jose Abreu, 100 RBIs. uh, But that's going to be broken this year. But he is hitting above 300. He's still having a good year. I think next year what our lock is going to be is when the Braves inevitably struggle out of the gate in April next year, we're just going to live bet hundreds of dollars on whatever their season total adjusted over is. Because this is the best second-half team I've ever seen in my life.
0: Well, I think – and Anthopoulos is the best GM in baseball currently. I Chase, I want to hear you. am I getting pushback on that?
1: No, I was just taking a sip of water. I mean, he he has must have gypsy powers to get these guys to sign the contracts they signed.
0: He's the best GM in baseball and they always make a move when they need to.
1: I think the Dodgers get talked about the team that develops homegrown talent the much most. I mean, uh, the, the Braves if you go around the horn, Riley homegrown, Dansby Developed in the system and acquired via trade. Um, Albies and Grisham, homegrown. Olsen, you traded prospects to get them. Uh, Darnode, signed him off the scrap heap. Willem Contreras, drafted and developed. Acuna, drafted and developed. I, it's unbelievable. And that's not including Freed, Strider, Kyle Wright.
0: Freddie Freeman.
1: Freddie. I love you, Freddie.
0: Like, I uh, mean, they, got, they maximized Hayward. Like- this is now going on a well over a decade. These they they, they,
1: they maximized Hayward by letting him go.
0: <laughs> Hayward was an all-star winning gold gloves out there. Hayward is now – did they let him go or did they trade him?
1: For the no, they, they let him. Oh, they traded him. I forgot about that. I think they traded him for Jordan Walden.
0: That wasn't very good.
1: But they did get rid of him. They didn't end up paying him. Yep, for the, a future motivational speaker. Uh, Cardinals, they got this thing locked up. 83-58, eight up on the Brewers. Cubs, Reds, Pirates riding out the other division there. Uh, Jack Flaherty's looked solid for the Cardinals. That could add a whole other layer to their postseason hopes. Dodgers, they clinched the playoff berth. Uh, supposedly they clinched it Sunday. Major League Baseball messed up some of the playoff scenarios, which is unbelievable. That an office run by Rob Manfred could ever mess up something so big. Um, but yeah, they when they clinched, it was that they entered Monday with a commanding 20 game lead atop the NLS. Uh they thought they clinched their 10th consecutive berth. They drank the sparkling wine, but they failed to account for a potential scenario in which the Padres overtook the Dodge for NLS title. And there's a three way tie at 96 and 66 for the Brewers and Cardinals. I'm all for hypotheticals, but like let's just be a little bit more realistic next time. <laughs> I, I, if you're a Dodgers fan, congratulations on the NFL. Padres 75 and 6, 77 and 64, 20 and a half back. Giants, D backs, Rockies rounding out the West. And then on the wild card side of the National League, my parents upgraded Wi Fi. Meanwhile, I don't know if you could tell. It's like super Wi Fi. I hear it a lot with your brother or what? Super Wi Fi. Uh, Braves 10 up. Nice. Braves, Braves, Phillies, Padres. Uh, similar to the AL. I think this field's pretty locked. And, uh, Go Phillies. Let's go Phillies.
0: I mean, who's your, as of today, NL Manager of the Year, who are you giving it to?
1: I'm giving it to Thompson. I'm going to be honest. Other than Bob Melvin, any one of these playoff teams could be in it, could be Manager of the Year. Like, I, I know we don't reward good teams a lot, but, like, Dave Roberts, this is ridiculous what the Dodgers are doing. I think they need 110. Buck may, but that's – okay, so they need to go, what, 13 and – Nine. That's very doable. Almost too doable, actually. <laughs> I mean, again, this, is a, this is a 106 win team a year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They went, they won 106 games and improved in all likelihood. I mean, Buck made the Mets good. Ali Marble. Well, Buck I and it's and Marte. Ali marmal Ali marmal I think I would probably give it to Marble or Thompson. I, no I, I, just think, I just think the Cardinals and the Mets have been at least solid to good the whole year. I, I mean, the Phillies did a complete 180 when he took over. That's,
0: that's why my Thompson's my guy.
1: All right. League leaders Aaron Judge, 113 runs, leading baseball. Uh, Freddie Freeman, 180 hits. Freddie Freeman, 45 doubles, uh, which makes me think if it wasn't for Paul Goldschmidt, Freddie Freeman's going to win the MVP. Aaron Judge. Oh, my. Aaron Judge, 55 home runs. Aaron Judge, under 21 RBIs. Soto, 119 walks. Steals, John Birdie with 34. I can't skip over strikeouts. Eugenio Suarez, 180 strikeouts. But all that said, if you're a Mariners fan, as we mentioned, 30 home runs, 82 RBIs, 804 OPS. You are so content with your side of the trade there. Freddie Freeman has overtaken Goldschmidt with a 330 average. Uh, Looks like, I feel like we haven't had first baseman finish 1-2 in the MVP voting in quite some time. The position with Sabermetrics has kind of been devalued in my mind.
0: I mean, but first base has had an evolution. 20 years ago, first base, were supposed to be
1: 250
0: hitters hitting 35 homers with 110 RBIs.
1: Yep. Now they're slick field, they're high OBP guy. Goldschmidt, 413 OBP. Judge, 697 slugging. OPS, uh, 1.089 Aaron Judge. So I'll ask you this. Uh, judge last week 2 homers 6 ribbies, 8 walks he had 458 576 792 uh he joined jo- he joined Sosa Griffey Jr twice and Babe Ruth as the only player with 55 homers and 15 steals in a season and is now the all-time home run leader for the New Yankee Stadium he passed Mark Deschare with that 55 home runs he needs 7 more to chase Maris Uh, To chase down Roger Maris at 62 with about 20 or so games left. What are the Bavada odds Aaron Judge sets the American League home run record by the end of the season?
0: I think it's minus 150. Okay. Because even though he's on pace to do it, it's still
1: really hard to do. Yep. And and I just think at a certain point, you know, especially when we play, I have a feeling Baltimore won't be in it by the last couple games of the season, but you still have some games against Toronto who are going to be in it. I think they might just deploy the strategy the Twins did, which we're going to intentionally walk you four times over a two-game series. Who else is going to beat us? Tough but fair. That's what we're all about, man. Tough but fair. Pitching side of things, wins leader Kyle Wright, 17 uh, for the Braves. ERA, Verlander, 1.84. Him and Cease, the Cy Young race getting tighter and tighter and tighter. Tighter. Saves leader is Emmanuel Class with 34. Complete games leader is still Sandy, also with four. Though, Fromber, Fromber Valdez, dark horse American League, Cy Young candidate. He's not going to win it, but top five for sure. Just another example of Houston being a step ahead of everyone in the AL. Innings pitch, 196 and two-thirds. Sandy, strikeouts leader, Garrett Cole, 218. Whip you know leader. has I
0: start managers hanging it up at the end of the year.
1: I, I think D- Dusty feels like he's just going to go forever, right? So it's interesting. I was reading an article last night that uh, James Click, the Astros GM, and his contract is up at the end of this year. And they were talking about that there's a chance that they don't bring him back. If they don't bring him back, that's a massive win for the rest of baseball. Um, because at the end of the day, he took over post-scandal. They finished 29-31. and 31 in that COVID season but then they made it to game seven of the alcs or game away from the world series last year won the pennant this year been the juggernaut of the american league or the favorites come out of the american league Uh, that to me seems like a classic example if they move on from dusty and click of change from the sake of change when it's very much not necessary i which is my way of saying i agree with you
0: but they should uh, hopefully
1: dusty comes back because
0: if not, there's your third Hall of Fame manager that could walk away.
1: Yeah. Strikeouts, Garrett Cole, 218. Whip Verlander, 0. .86. Average against, Dylan Cease, 184. Uh, moving to our players of the week. I mean, you mentioned Bo Bichette. Holy shit, did this guy have a week. Um, so he opened last week with one of the more productive days you'll ever see as he tallied six hits and seven RBIs across both games of a doubleheader sweep against Baltimore last Monday. Um, three hits, two RBIs in the first game three homer game first of his career and the nightcap Tuesday at a four hit game uh, and then Friday he hit his fifth home run of the week against Texas before hitting three doubles on Saturday and a single on Sunday um, over the last two days from nine six to nine seven this is a tweet from MLB stats Bichette had 10 hits, 9 RBIs, 7 runs, 5 extra base hits, 4 home runs, which no major league player has ever put those numbers up over two-game span since RBIs became official in 1920. And in 11 games in September, 24 hits, 21 RBIs, 15 runs, 7 homers, 6 doubles. Uh, and since RBIs became an official stat in 1920, the only player to ever do that was Lou Gehrig in 1930. So his player comps for the week were nobody and Lou fucking Gehrig.
0: Pretty good. Yeah. Doesn't get enough. I feel like Lou Gehrig, all time wise, doesn't get talked about
1: enough. Oh, I mean, if you ask me to make my all time team, it's Gehrig at first. There's guys with better numbers, but when you think about what Gehrig did and the amount of time he did it, it's a no brainer to me.
0: And you know you're getting him every single day.
1: Yep. Yeah. I mean, this is like the classic way of which. One awesome week could screw your numbers. Like now, all of a sudden, Bichette's numbers 24 home runs, 281 average, 87 ribbies, 804 OPS. That went from like, oh, he's having a terrible year to okay, it's a good year. Hey, yeah. I mean, one that's what one week will do. Just ride the wave. Uh, shout out to Fromber yesterday, third complete game, uh, complete game shutout in seven 0 win against the Tigers. He tied Jacob Degrom for the most consecutive quality starts all time since nineteen thirteen with twenty four. Uh, Degrom in twenty eighteen he set the record then. Fromber one hundred seven pitches, struck out eight, six hits, one walk. Uh, and at the end of the day, look if they don't want to rush Verlander back they have a bona fide game one starter come playoff time. And Framber Valdez, this is an old, this guy kind of reminds me of a Latin American, David Wells, where he's just taking the ball and he's pitching until he can't pitch anymore.
0: The fine comp, but even with the Houston,
1: really, they, they could use Verlander back. Of course, every team could use Verlander back, but you know, but I, mean, I think you said it's the bona
0: fide game, one, solid game one starter. That's, it's not so much the game. It's losing. Having him as your number two. I don't know if there's a one-two punch in the AL that comes close to Verlander Romer right now.
1: Not us. I'll tell you that. Uh, Freddie last week overtook Goldschmidt in average because in six games, he went 12 for 22, 546 average, three home runs, eight ribbies, four walks, only three strikeouts. quarter a hit in every game he played in, multiple hit games in four of the six. Uh, best performance game on Saturday, four RBIs, home run as part of a four-hit day against the Padres. Wild success in year one.
0: I think at the start of the season, at the time of the signing, there was a lot of people, myself included, tried to convince themselves that there wasn't a ton of difference between Freeman and Olsen. Matt, Freddie Freeman is one of the top five to ten players in all of baseball, and Matt Olson's a very good first baseman.
1: At the end of the day, you're talking about a good first baseman versus a future Hall of Fame first baseman. I think that's all it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, speaking of future All-Famers, not if you would have your way, but <clears throat> Trout homered for a seventh straight game on Monday against the Guardians to extend his club record. Came within one blast of tying the record of eight straight games set by Dale Long, Don Mattingly, and Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, became the ninth player in ALNL history to in seven straight games, first since Joey Votto did it last year. I, I mean, it's amazing. This guy missed so many games this year, uh, and it's realistically has a shot of finishing up with 40 home runs. I mean, he also,
0: he he, he may go to 8th Street. He may hit 8th Street. That, that's an ongoing streak.
1: No, right now we're at set. Yeah, it's seven ongoing, correct. I mean, win a playoff game. No, I agree. 35 Not home good. runs in 100 games, though, is ridiculous. Win a playoff game. Oh, I get it. I get it. Uh, Zach Gallen, the scoreless streak did come to an end against the Rockies. Uh, this past week. He hadn't given up an earned run since August 2nd. CJ Krohn had an RBI single in the bottom of the fourth. Um, but CJ Krohn, seven... sneaky good year down in Colorado. Very good year. Very good value for the Rockies. Uh, all in all, though, he's passed Brandon Webb for the team record, consecutive scoreless innings, and he finished with the seventh longest scoring inning streak in ALNL history. Talked himself in the Cy Young conversation. Great couple weeks for Zach Gallen. Uh, Shout out to the Yankees in that doubleheader against the Twins Wednesday. Uh, IKF. He had a great day, sparked a two-run rally in the 12th inning of an opener with a game-tying leadoff single, hit a go-ahead grand slam in the fourth inning of a nightcap. Um, And then Garrett Cole, season-high 14 strikeouts, five hits, two walks, six and two-thirds innings. IKF now, amazingly enough, has as many career grand slams as Derek Jeter. Um, And there have been very few times that I've been as shocked at Yankee Stadium as when IKF hit a no-doubt grand slam and flipped the bat. It was, holy shit, what did we just see?
0: Yeah, Jeter, Jeter never really had a bunch of great, that was his thing for a while. I think, what did he have, one?
1: He finished with one. Can't be perfect. Nobody's perfect. Corbin Burns, I was dumping on him last week. He said, I'm going to dump on you. 14 strikeouts and a 2-1 win over the Giants over eight innings. Uh, it was his ninth double double-digit strikeout game of 2022. That tied his Ben Sheets' single-season record from 2004. What a great podcast. that we you have to mention Ben Sheets and Brandon Webb. We're throwing it back to the mid-aughts of the that mid-2000s. Um, we don't get to give the Rockies a lot of love, so we're going to give them some love here. Uh, the 13-10 win Friday, C.J. Cron's 504-foot home run was the longest home run hit at Coors Field since StatCast began tracking in 2015. The longest home run hit this year. Uh, and catcher Elias Diaz had a game to remember. Two home runs, seven RBIs, including a walk-off three-run homer. Go Rockies. There's a reason I don't give the Rockies a lot of love. I will be at Coors Field next Friday reporting what Rockies, what the vibes are like there.
0: If you ignore my advice, you're sleeping on the couch in our I'm
1: banning you from your own bedroom. I appreciate it. Um and Wani Wani. Yachty and Wayno Um they tied the major league record for the most starts by a battery at 324 this past week. Yachty hit his first home run in nearly four months, added a second in the fourth inning. They ultimately lost 11 6 but they will pass. That record this week, once Wayne Wright takes the mound, I believe Wednesday, um, Yachty came into Thursday with 333 hits in games started by Wayne Wright, the most hits by an MLB history by catcher in games started by one pitcher, uh, and his 19 game winning RBIs are the third most in MLB history uh, by a catcher in games thrown by one pitcher. Yachty by home twice, the Cardinals became the second team. To have multi-home run games from multiple players, age 40 or older in a single season, joining the 2006 Giants, Moises Alou and Barry Bonds. Wow, well, I, I didn't even know which combo I liked more. Yeah, lots on back there. Lots on back there. And, and we're sticking with the Cardinals. You, you know, when we were watching the home run derby and we were watching the All-Star game, this was like the Albert Pujols token celebration. It was a celebration you didn't get all season for whatever reason. Um, But it's the Bavada, that he didn't get this all season. But the Bavada odds of him reaching 700 at that point would have been plus a million. It was not on anybody's radar. Uh, but here we are. It's September 13th, so we still have, you know, three weeks of the season to go. And not only is pools creeping up on 700, uh, but he passed Alex Rodriguez for possession for fourth on MLB's all-time home run list with number 697 Sunday and a 4-3 win against the Pirates. It was his second home run in as many days, um, and like 696, the tie-breaking home run was clutch with the Cardinals trailing 2-1 in the ninth. He's had the 2-0 fastball from Chase DeYounger straightaway center field to give the Cardinals a lead for the first time in the game. Only guys in front of him now, Bonds, Aaron, Ruth, the 700 club, um, and it's unbelievable. I, I mean, this second half, he has absolutely come alive. He was homerless in June, but in July he hit three home runs. August, eight home runs. He has three in his first nine games in September uh, against left-handed pitching. He's hit twelve of his eighteen home runs this year uh, and ranked third in all baseball against He's One point one eight zero OPS. Um, and against, he's now homered against all thirty MLB teams. MLB teams, he's homered from all nine spots in the batting order in every inning on every day of the week and in every count during an at bat. He's got 260 homer games or 62 homer games. That would be crazy the other way around. And four, uh, three home run games. Since the home run derby, the participants, uh, Pujols has 12. Pete Alonso and Julio are next with nine. Um, This was a 33rd career go-ahead home run in the eighth inning or later by Pujols. This passes Mike Schmidt and Greg Nettles for the most by any player in the expansion era since 1961. This is just awesome. This this to me, you we were erasing everything that happened in Anaheim, and people are gonna get to remember the Albert Pujols. Um that was just a dominant fucking baseball player.
0: The best part of this, run, it's that he's
1: not hitting these homers in blowout games. These are important, these are game deciding home runs at Albert. Four of four of the last five I've given his team the lead in the sixth inning or later. Uh, he is I you
0: tried to argue hard. But- Albert pool should have been the silver slugger for NLDH.
1: I'm all for it, dude.
0: He didn't get – he, like, sneaky doesn't have a ton of silver slugger.
1: Yeah, well, I think we went through this a couple months ago because you had Ryan Howard at one point. You had Paul Goldschmidt creep in later in the decade. Otto. Otto.
0: I mean, he does have six,
1: so it's not nothing. <laughs> but it's less than you would expect for a guy who's on the precipice of 700 homers for sure.
0: Correct. He's played 20 seasons. I All mean, right. when he retires at the end of the year, can we do a whole what-if podcast if he doesn't leave St. Louis?
1: Yep, let's go down that rabbit hole. I'm down. Nice. All right, let's talk rule changes. Um, they were proposed and they were passed. A pitch timer and limits on defensive shifts. Bigger bases are coming to the big leagues in 2023 following recent experiments in the minor leagues. Uh, the recently formed Joint Competition Committee voted Friday in favor of all three rule changes aimed, aim, aimed at improving pace of play, action, and safety at the MLB level. Uh, these were the only three rules proposed by MLB to the Joint Competition Committee. Uh, and again, that voting body is four active players and six members appointed by MLB and one uh, umpire this is created as part of the new CBA. So, again, remember the owners and Major League Base will have the majority here uh, and, in essence, will win every vote, which is exactly what happened here. Uh, so, pitch timers to create a quicker pace of play. There will be a 30-second timer between batters. Between pitches, there will be a 15-second timer with the bases empty and a 20-second timer with runners on base. Uh, last check, the pitch timer had reduced the average time of a game in the minors by about 26 minutes. The rule also includes limits on throws to first base, which is increased stolen base attempts uh, from 2.3 to 2.8 eight three over the 2019 to 2022. Span there. A pitcher must begin his motion to deliver the pitch before the expiration of the pitch timer. Pitchers who violate the timer are charged with an automatic ball. Batters who violate the timer are charged with an automatic strike, and batters must be in the box and alert the pitcher by the eight-second mark or else be charged uh, with an automatic strike. With runner on base, the timer is reset if the pitcher's attempt to pick off or step off the rubber. Pitchers are limited to two disengagements, pick attempt, pick off attempts, or step offs per plate appearance, and the limit is reset if the runners or runners, runner or runners advance during the plate appearance. The third pickoff attempt is made. The runner automatically advances one base if the pickoff attempt is not successful. Mound visits, injury timeouts, and offensive team timeouts do not count as a disengagement. Uh, and if all, a team has used up all five mound visits prior to the ninth, the team will receive additional mound visit in the ninth inning. That's a fucking mouthful.
0: I would, I have no idea how this turns out. It seems like a big benefit to the offense. I would say for next year in particular, as these big leaguers get used to it. You're going to see increased workload for pitchers in spring training, which makes me think we're going to see even more if pitchers go on the IL. So I would think through that if you're a fantasy baseball player.
1: I have no problem with the pitch clock. I think it's fine. I think hitters and pitchers will get used to it. And it's one of those things as you come up in the system, it'll be fine. The pickoff thing, I think, is going to be. What really shakes stuff up because that not only messes with your pitcher's routine, uh, but I think stolen bases are going to be increased tremendously there. Um, And at the end of the day, I'll miss the 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 tug of war where batters just stay in forever and you keep going for time. But yeah, I mean, I mean, we'll see what happens here. I'm not super in favor of this of the this next rule, Um, and that's a defensive shift limit. Uh, the gist of it is you now must have a minimum of four players on the infield with at least two infielders completely on either side of second base. Four infielders must be within the outer boundary of the infield while the pitcher is on the rubber. Infielders may not switch sides. So, in other words, the team cannot reposition its best defender on the side of the infield uh if the batter is more likely to hit the ball. Um, if infielders are not aligned properly at the time of the pitch, the offense could choose an automatic automatic ball or the result of a play. I hate this. I, I really hate this. The fact that we've come to the point where professional baseball players either refuse to bunt or hit the ball the other way, uh, to me, it's embarrassing. And and I appreciate that there's guys like Corey Seager. And Corey Seager, more so than anybody, would benefit from the removal of the ship, statistically speaking. He's a dead pole lefty. And he said, I, I don't like this at the end of the day. Um I, I just think the fact that we resorted to managers not being able to manage the game they want because hitters are a in my mind. It's just like it's it's embarrassing for old school baseball fans like you and I. That's a fantastic.
0: Yeah, I'm big we're we're very pro Corey Seager from now on. That was that's good. I like hey, what he he said. S- he said he just doesn't like. It. Like gee, just hit the ball where the people aren't. Like you're bit so much yeah you get paid way too much money to only to not be malleable at that plate.
1: If you're a Rangers fan, uh, the good thing is, I think this is increasing your Bavada win total next year by three to four wins because Simeon and Seeger are both in the top five of players who hit into ship the most. That's why we respect Corey Seager. Um, and then there's bigger bases. They've traditionally been 15 inches square. Now they're an 18-inch square. Home plate is unchanged. Um, and basically, there's more room to operate and to avoid collisions. It's especially important in first base where there's an extra three-inch advantage just to stay out of harm's way from the base runner while receiving throws. There'll also be a four-and-a-half introduction of the distance between first and second and between second and third, which encourages more steals. Yeah, this seems fine to me. I'm, I'm all for increasing the running game and avoiding injuries, whatever. Players seem cool with it.
0: Deals are exciting. I don't think this makes – I think this This is
1: the least impactful. One thing that I think is really important to note here is that the players on the competition committee all voted against the pitch timer and the ban on the shift, the MLBPA says, uh, and they said the league was unwilling to meaningfully address player concerns. We just came off the lockout. There was a lot – of negativity between the players union and the owners. And it just seems like this committee is going to be another tool that the owners, Rob Manfred, and management use to impose their will without actually imposing their will. Uh and I think that's something to look out for in the coming months, especially in the off season when other uh, things are
0: business. The the league made a business
1: Can we also at this point, now that we're speeding the game up, get rid of the fucking ghost runner rule or to minimum, move it to the twelfth inning?
0: Ghost runner's not a good.
1: God, I hate that rule more than anything.
0: It has to go.
1: I'm totally with you. The rule has to go. It ruins it. And I think I also think that, to be honest, though, because the Yankees are the worst ghost runner team in the history of the ghost runner rule. It's pitiful how much they struggle to get a guy hit from second with no outs. I mean, every team, It's anytime you don't score there is embarrassing. It's it's terrible. So if we want to talk about something that was very unlikely a couple months ago when, as we just talked about, the disconnect with the Players Association and the owners was high – as it's been since the strike in 94. Uh, Rob Manfred announced last week that the league is prepared to voluntarily recognize the MLBPA as the new collective bargaining representatives for minor league players. The announcement comes less than two weeks after the MLBPA sent authorization cards to minor leaguers seeking to represent them. And just days after the union received significant majority support and formally requested the commissioner's office voluntarily recognize the seismic shift and player uh, representation. All we're basically waiting on right now is an independent arbitrator, um, from the, drawing a blank on what the union company is, Bryce, who represents all the unions. I have it in here somewhere. The AFL, the American Federation of Labor. So once the AFL verifies that all the Membership cards and the verifications are legit. Um, This is going to happen. Tony Clark said, We are pleased MLB is moving forward with the process in a productive manner. While there are significant steps remaining, we are confident discussions will reach a positive uh, outcome. And had the league not agreed, the MLBPA would have engaged with the Federal National Labor Relations Board to prompt an election among minor leaguers. Assuming the majority of those who voted in favor of the representation, Uh, the National Labor Relations Board could have then forced MLB hands in recognizing the union. Um, And again, we talked about this last week, but there will be a separate bargaining unit under the MLBPA for the minor leaguers and any minor league CBA will negotiate, be negotiated independently from the major league CBA to help prevent conflict of interest there. Uh, MLBPA membership will now grow from 1200 to more than 5,000, um, And league recognition would serve as an implicit acknowledgement that the majority of minor leaguers would likely have voted in favor of unionization had they petitioned the Labor Board for an election. Um, So minor leaguers, they're going to be a part of the Players Association. Um as soon as the end of the year, we think potentially uh, players in the rookie level. Dominican summer league will not automatically be included because it's based outside the United States, but the MLBPA is likely to represent players from domestic complex ball up through AAA, um, and both the league and MLBPA thinks it is possible to hammer out a CBA for minor league players in time for the start. Of the 2023 season, obviously low rates of pay for minor leaguers has been one of many politicians critiques. Uh, so that's going to come up. But recognition of a union and signing a collective bargaining and re- uh, agreement would take that issue outside of the realm of antitrust law. One of your favorites and into labor law territory. Um, AFL-CIO MLBPA is now an m- official member, so they will avoid making political contributions in the near future. This is truly a seismic thing, and if you had told me a couple months ago that this was going to happen, um, I would have been shocked, one, for minor leaguers being a part of the union, but two, that Rob Manfred would just say, yep, we recognize that this is going to be how it's going to be done. Um, bravo for the entire game of baseball for making this happen, and and God willing, by next year, minor leaguers will be paid like normal functional human beings, not poverty-level workers. That's it. that's
0: This is long overdue. So it's good to see that people actually do the right
1: thing. I'll give them all I'll I'll say it was unprompted, too. They just did the right thing. It, it this did in my mind, this came out of nowhere. It wasn't like we've heard about this for months and months. It it's sort of we heard about the report and two weeks later it happened. Good for everyone. So we, so we talk about the most breakable, most unbreakable records in Major League Baseball. And I think one that flies under the radar that I think would have very long bovada odds to ever be broken is the fact that Edwin Jackson played for 14 different major league teams for those keeping track at home, slightly under half of all major league baseball. That one's getting it. You think someone's going to play for more than 14 teams? Yeah. I disagree.
0: There's relievers that just
1: stick around and keep bouncing from team to team and refuse to give it up. Edwin uh, wasn't necessarily one of the best crews of all time, but definitely one of the most funs. But dude, uh, the Brad Hand still has a job. No, oh, that's that's fair. Seventeen years in the majors from twenty thirteen to nineteen. Edwin is hanging it up. Sixth round drafty of the Dodgers in two thousand one. He was a top prospect, broke into baseball before his twentieth birthday. Got traded to Tampa Bay. 2007 was his first full year as a starter. That kicked off a stretch of seven consecutive seasons with 30 starts and 160 innings. Pitched in Tampa through 2008 before being dealt to the Tigers for Matt Joyce. Uh, Maritosh's career best, 214 innings, 362 ERA. uh, and Had made an all-star team, uh, 252 ERA through the season's first half. And then the next offseason, his nomadic career continued. Detroit flipped him to the D backs, uh, the three team deal that netted Max Scherzer to the Tigers, Curtis Granderson to the Yanks. It was a brief stint in the desert, uh, but in June 2010, he tossed one of the more memorable no hitters in baseball history against his old team at Tropicana Field. 180, 49 pitches, six strikeouts, eight walks. Uh, and A.J. Hinch stuck with him, let him go after the no-hitter. Uh, he was then dealt to the White Sox to get Daniel Hudson. Pitch well at 11 starts down the stretch. Uh, when the White Sox fell out of contention, he was then traded to the Blue Jays in July. Uh, and then after a few hours, they shipped him to the Cardinals for Colby Rasmus. Uh, he was a part of that World Series winning team in St. Louis. 12 starts in the second half, 3-5 helped him win the World Series against the Rangers. Uh, and then he went to the Nationals. Uh, The next winter, following that, four-year, $52 million deal with the Cubs. Through the innings, didn't pitch super great, though, and after two and a half seasons was released. uh, That then found them with the Braves, Marlins, Padres, Orioles, Nationals again, A's, Blue Jays, and Tigers again over the next four years, alternating between the bullpen and rotation. Last year, he signed a minor league deal but didn't make it back to the majors. Appeared for the U.S. Olympic team that won a silver medal, but didn't get back to the bigs. Uh, all told, four hundred twelve major league games, nineteen sixty innings, four seven eight ERA, fifteen hundred strikeouts, hundred seven wins. Made more than sixty six million dollars in his career. Obviously achieved his pension ten years in the bigs as well. Uh, again, not one of the best careers, but certainly one of the most fun and interesting to follow. Congrats, to Edwin Jackson, in retirement. Uh, until you officially sign those papers, though, I don't fully believe you won't be on a major league roster soon.
0: I very clearly remember that no-hitter in 2010. It was the night before it went
1: to game. It's ridiculous to even say it out loud that he threw that many pitches and walked that many guys. Today, his ass would have been pulled in the third inning. I'd say – I don't think
0: it's a record, but I don't know if anyone – I think it's more likely that a pitcher – or someone plays for 15 teams and somebody throws a no-hitter with more than – what was it,
1: 158? Um, I'm looking right now at a box score that might not even be the record. But like a oh, 149 I since then. AJ Burnett walked nine in his no hitter, but he only threw 129 pitches. I
0: don't think anyone's thrown 150 pitches in a game.
1: No, it would be unless it's like the last start of their career, Kevin Costner and for the love of the game type of thing. Costner could probably give you six innings. If you pushed him today, oh, 100%. Or he'll, you know, make a good draft pick for you. Uh, two utility men got extensions. Kike Hernandez, one year, $10 million extension for the 2023 season. Uh, last season, argue, is, arguably his best year to date, 20 homers, 19 doubles, hit 253.37, 4.49, played a great center field for the Red Sox because they made a run in the ALCS. This year was hurt 193, 266, 325 average. Um, through the season's first month, and then this year overall, 219, 283, 354 slash line, just six home runs. Uh, but again, plays all over, leader in that Red Sox clubhouse, though they locked him up for next year. Wilmer Flores, former Met, two-year, $13 million extension with the Giants. Uh, though he's never been an All-Star. He's always been above average with the team. Plays all over the infield. Hit third 12 home runs in the COVID-2012 season. Last year, 266, 335, 447, 112 WRC+. They renewed their option for 2022, and this year, 18 home runs, 235 319 44. plays all over first second third base is needed uh, again I don't have much to say about either of these guys other than it's, it's nice to see the guys who are a little gritty and help the team in the little ways get paid yeah you know congrats
0: Nothing not
1: yet not, it's not I,
0: the Red Sox and
1: Giants are in a similar spot right
0: now. Maybe. injury
1: list big big injury list week for the city of new york uh scherzer 15-day injured list on wednesday um and that was again he left his most recent start due to fatigue and his same left oblique muscle strain earlier in the season uh and that kept him on the shelf for more nearly two months they think he's going to be back but uh, again we saw scherzer kind of tired down towards the stretch and the playoffs last year if i'm a mets fan this is a big concern for me even though the grom's Ramping back up, I think this team only works if you have DeGrom and Scherzer ready to go in the playoffs.
0: Their offense isn't good enough.
1: Yeah, and that's especially giving Starlin Martez on the 10-day injured list uh, due to a partial non-displaced fracture in his right middle finger after getting hit by a pitch. Yeah, they need Scherzer and DeGrom as close to 100% as possible to come out of the NL. You've been probably looking at Yankee lineups this past week and thinking IKF is starting third. Ronald Guzman played first in a must-win game last week. What is going on? Uh, that's because DJ's on the 10-day injury list, retroactive to September 5th with toe inflammation on his right foot, and Rizzo's on the 10-day injury list with back problems. Uh, he has headaches because he got an epidural, and those gave him migraines. Just been one of those. Just been one of those second halves. <laughs>
0: Yankee fans went from planning a parade
1: to – Let's just get to the playoffs and see what happens. Get to the playoffs, hopefully get the bye and get that week of rest. Uh, Lordis Gurriel Jr., 10-day injured list, retroactive December 8th after straining his left hamstring. Uh, and Eric Lauer and Freddie Peralta, probably the nail in the Brewer's coffin, 15-day injured list with elbow inflammation and shoulder fatigue, respectively. Eh. Bad, t- bad, bad times, to the a um, we reported months ago about uh, Casey Close suing Doug Gottlieb because of a false report that Gottlieb said about uh, a contract that the Braves offer Freddie Freeman and Close never told Gottlieb or Close never told Freddie about. And Gottlieb this week came out and said, I prematurely reported on these events. It simply got it wrong. Uh, the conduct I alleged did not occur and there was no credible basis for us stating that it did. Casey Close accepted the apology uh, and dropped the suit. But at the end of the day, this is just r- a way to remember Doug Gottlieb got kicked out of Oklahoma state from stealing for his roommate. I know he got kicked out of you Got kicked out of Notre Dame. I kicked out of Notre Dame. Don't listen to this guy. He's not a good person. Bad dude. Bad dude. Shout out to one of the best comedians in the world. Jerry Seinfeld. He this past week. Uh, once the Braves took possession of the NL East, uh, first place in the standings. He said, I blame that stupid trumpet performance celebrating in season. We haven't won anything yet. Bad mojo. Same as when the Baja men showed up to play. Who let the dogs out in the 2000 world series season ended right there. I love Jerry.
0: Jerry's great. That was big. Uh, that was big. in one episode of the captain that yeah. said, that lit a fire in the theater.
1: And Bryce, can I ask you a question? Who let the dogs out? Who,
0: who, my, uh, my, my dad's brother once let his in-laws dog out and it got hit by a car right out the front yard. What? So my, my dad called him for about a week straight and just said, who just kept saying that song? So to my answer is uncle Andy.
1: All right, at first that story took a very dark turn, but I'm glad we ended on a – not a positive note. I feel terrible for your family and their dog, but – It was like a decade and a half ago. At least we finished with a smile. Uh, Other piece of arbitration news. Um, There's a new formula which gives a $50 million pre-arbitration bonus pool to players between zero and three years. Um, The allocation is reserved for eligible players who can receive consideration for MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, and All-MLB honors. Uh, Now there's a new war, J-War, that – Heads qualifiers at the end of the season. Uh, it's complex for batters. It talks about uh, weighted on base average, adjustment for parks in the run environment, weighted by plate appearances, base running, stolen bases, advancing on batted balls, uh, and they get debited for caught stealing. Non-catchers are rated by outs above average. Catchers get a big bump for throwing arms and framing. There's a whole lot of stuff here. The point being, amongst players, read it on The Athletic. Ken Rose Dog is an unbelievable breakdown. But between pre-arbitration players, between zero and three years of service time, what player do you think is in line for the biggest bonus? I was surprised to read this. I saw the note, but I would not have guessed him. I would not have guessed Sean Murphy. I was just testing you to see if you read the notes. You passed.
0: Yeah, there's no world
1: I'm guessing Sean Murphy. All that said, Sean Murphy, I mean, for a catcher, 18 home runs, 253 average, 773 OPS, and he's going to win the Gold Glove again. I can't wait to see where he plays next year when the A's trade him. Yankees? No, I love Trevino. I'm good to roll with Trevino until the luck runs out. Mets? That makes more sense. Although they can just pay Wilson Contreras. Cardinals is the other option. The Cardinals for Sean I like that. All right. Tweets of the week. Yankee set a record on Wednesday when Judge was joined by Oswaldo Cabrera, Oswald uh, Peraza, Ron Marciano, and Esteban Florio to give five players with jerseys in the 90s. I did ask, get confirmation. Weeks ago, I'd asked This is Jason Stark. Finally got an answer. Um, since the beginning of last season, the Dodgers uh, going into Sunday were 211 and or 201 and 99. They're the first team with 200-plus wins over 300-game span within two seasons. is The Orioles at 69-70. to 70. That's unbelievable.
0: Those Orioles teams
1: are really good. Fantastic. Until they ran into the Miracle Mets. Uh, Some love for the rookies. Michael Harris, the second, and Julio Rodriguez both had their first career multi-homer game against each other. It's the first time in MLB history that two players, age 21 or younger, hit multiple home runs in the same game. And Josh Jung is now the third player to hit a home run and steal a base in his MLB debut this year. Uh, No other season has had multiple such player debuts. And when he became the 269th player to make his debut in the season, it was the most ever, most ever players in one season to make their MLB debut.
0: That's going to be a record-broken almost mm-hmm. annually.
1: Yep. Yankees began Saturday's game with seven consecutive singles, the first team to do so since the Royals in 1988. Uh, sometimes, sometimes we do hit singles and not the long ball. Uh Most home runs by left-handed hitters against the Nationals since 2019. Freddie is third with eight, Schwarber with nine. You had to know Bryce Harper 13 was going to be the leader of this list.
0: That's uh, on brand for Mr.
1: Jan Moncada this year became the first player in AL history to have five plus hits and five plus RBIs in a game twice in the same season.
0: Yeah, that game was on MLB Network. He was rocking it.
1: Edwin Diaz, whiff rate of 48.2% this season, would be the highest in a single season of any pitcher this century. That would be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it would. Some Degrom notes uh, Wednesday the P- Mets scored seven runs from against the Pirates and his Cy Young season in 2018 there was a 23 start stretch in which they provided seven total runs of support. Go figure it came against the Pirates. Uh, he's allowed one or no runs in 101 of his 205 career starts, the most ever in baseball history. Uh, and his last six starts for the Mets, uh, nobody else has ever re- in the last 40 years has ever retired 12 or more in a row in four straight starts until Degrom. I mean, DeGrom does
0: DeGrom. I mean, and DeGrom is really
1: good. So when I went to that Yankee Met uh, Twins doubleheader, Ronald Guzman started the first game, and this is from Cespedes Family Barbecue. This might have been not only the worst debut I've ever seen in Yankees history, but ever. Uh, first four bats, he strikes out four times, and then with the bases loaded and no outs at the bottom of the 11th, he hits into a double play. where running to first, he not only ducks so the first baseman can make an accurate throw, but then jogs to first and gets thrown out. I've never seen the Yankee fans more quickly, and rightfully in this case, give up on a guy quicker than we gave up on Ronald Guzman. I, I don't think he's in the long term. Screw, screw Ronald Guzman. Uh, this is from Sarah Langs. When Hunter Brown and Ryan Nelson made their debuts last week, it was the third time since 1901 two pitchers have made their MLB debuts with scoreless starts of six-plus innings on the same day. And in Nelson's case, his 17th consecutive batters retired, made him just two pitchers in the 21st century to retire 17-plus consecutive hitters in their MLB debut. That's He's that's part cool. of the long-term future. That's pretty good. Good time to be a D-backs fan. No, it's not. The Nationals last week beat the Mets 7-1, beat the Mets 7-1, and beat the Cardinals 6-0. They're the first team in MLB history to have three straight games where they won by six-plus runs against a team with 30-plus more wins with them. And on the flip side, the Mets are the first team in MLB history to have three straight games where they lost by six-plus runs to a team with 30-plus fewer wins by then. And at least, baby. Mets fans,
0: I think, are getting more and more
1: concerned by the. Yep, as they should be. It is September. Luis Castillo, seven straight strikeouts to begin a game, set a Mariners record, ties the AL record uh, set by Joe Calley and Carlos Rodon, both for the White Sox. David Vr of the Giants finished a three-game set at Dodgers Stadium with a 2.653 OPS, the highest by OPS by any MLB rookie in a three-game series in the modern era. Cardinals became the first team this season to win a game in which they trailed by four or more runs, entering the bottom of the ninth. All teams in Major League Baseball were 0 and eight seventeen in games like that this season. Uh, Cody Clemens, Rocket's son, not a pitcher, but his first career strikeout came against, go figure, Shohei Ohtani.
0: You're never going to hear a bad word out of me
1: about Roger about the whole Clemens family, uh, the twins since uh, 2002 are now 40 and 116 against the Yankees, and since 2015 are three and 24 at Yankee Stadium. That is that is mind-numbingly bad. because the Twins have been good. This is correct. It's not like we're beating up on bad teams. These are teams that what what did I say? Since 2002, they made the playoffs at least two, three, four, six, nine. They were in a
0: one game. They were in a game one sixty three one year.
1: Couple of times this year, like it's crazy. Or this decade. The they had the Bomba squash. And last but certainly not least, R.I.P. to the real queen, Queen Elizabeth. Uh, queen was what ninety six. She was she was getting up there in years. That that's for sure. And ninety six. And and we're gonna put how old she was. And how great of a long life she lived in baseball terms. Um, after Queen Elizabeth II was born, Babe Ruth hit four hundred four home runs.
0: Yeah, and
1: Ruth I mean, died seventy four years ago.
0: I, I mean, this t- I'm still having a hard time getting over Princess Diana's death. This is not. This is not a.
1: This has been a rough couple weeks. This was. This was not good for you.
0: I mean, the twenty fifth anniversary of Diana was just a few weeks ago.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy time. It. Um, long live the Queen. And any concluding thoughts for this week's podcast? We
0: got through most of the stuff. Um, we got through most, we got through the vaccine mentioned. I brought up Justin Jefferson, like I wanted to do. Uh big football weekend coming up for me. Um and you know, it is week coming off week one of the NFL season. Uh, it's nice to finally have some hope in my football team.
1: Oh my God. I mean, what an unbelievable win for the Giants week one. Hope we haven't had hope in quite some time. It's first oh, time. Oh, been- shit, Chase. I remember what I wanted to say. Yep, no problem. We have, let me just say, first time the Giants have been above 500 since 2016. Um, for context, Bryce was starting his freshman year in college the last time the Giants were above 500.
0: A lot has changed.
1: Uh, last
0: note support local business. Yeah, our beloved Eliza Vildeli is up for sale. The asking price is around $850,000. Uh, if anybody wants to start a GoFundMe, I would be more than happy to uh, look into investing in some, into an upstate New York delicatessen.
1: In terms of my things for the week, going to a music festival again this weekend. Shout out to Pearl Jam for rocking the garden. That was incredible excited to be on the beach listening to some tunes and i'm excited to see the david bowie movie moon Daydream. adrian i like david bowie modern love we uh yep but we try but we try never been a fan of modern love uh, and on that note with bryce holden my name is chase minorski this is the underdog sports baseball show have a great week